Uh, we're wrapping up our October series this morning uh, that we have called The Ghost, uh, explaining the most misinterpreted part of the Trinity, uh, the, the Holy Spirit. Amen? Uh, and so I think in order to do... I, I think in order to do what we're called to do, uh, we, have to, we have to really understand uh, who we are, who lives in us, what we can do through the Spirit of God. And so I, I understand why there's been such a deception. Come on. Because if, if I can get you saved and not empowered, and you're, and you're no better off than, than before you got saved, and there's still a whole lot of hell in your life, and, you're, and your family's still dying of cancer, and this is still happening, and that's still happening, what I can do is I can get you to curse God. Come on, isn't that what, he, isn't that what, he, what, what, what uh, the, the devil told God about Job? He said, take the protection off. Take the protection off. Watch. He'll curse you. You watch. You take all this stuff he does for you off, and he'll curse you. And so that's what, he, that's what, that's what our, our, the Holy Spirit is, our, our protection, our comforter, our advocate. We've been, we've been teaching this thing. We've been slowing it down per, teaching. So I'm hoping that it's been building up, and I'm hoping I'm getting to preach a little bit today. I got it bottled up inside of me. Amen. Uh, so week, week one, we introduced you to Papa Cletus. If you guys missed that, go back and get it. It was fun. Uh, Papa Cletus, the parent spirit who operates as the, as the grandparent spirit. Amen. All of, you, uh, all of you parents that have grandparents that let the babies do whatever they want to do. Always trying to, tell, always trying to tell mom and dad, don't whoop that baby. It's okay. He didn't mean to do it. He did it with the right heart. I see you over there looking at Miss Tammy. Okay. Uh, always advocating, always interceding, always guiding us with amazing knowledge and truth. And then in week two, we talked about what the Holy Spirit does, right? Talked about how the Holy Spirit has the same assignment that he's always had. He's the establisher of the kingdom of God. He is the governor of the kingdom. He's the enforcer of the kingdom, if you will. Come on, he's enforcing what God says about the earth. Come on, the devil has, has tricked us into saying, oh, well, cancer is a part of life. Come on, this is just part of the struggle. And somehow we've magnified the struggle more than we've magnified God. And then last week, we broke down the tools he uses to do so. We've always been taught that the Holy Spirit is tongues. The Holy Spirit is, is gifts. The Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is that. That is not who the Holy Spirit is. Because when we put it as a gift, we put it as a performer. We put it as a performer, and so then he's not a person. Now he becomes a, an action. But last week, we broke down the tools that he uses to do what he's called to do, enforce the kingdom of God. So, uh, so today we'll end this message when I've, I've got a fun sermon title today. I didn't approve this with the boss lady, uh, but this one's great. I love it. I love it. You guys know I love good sermon titles, right? So look at your neighbor. Repeat after me. Tell them my sermon title in the form of a question. Say, are you full of it? Are you full of it? <laughs> Come on, we, we laugh, but that's actually a question we shouldn't have to ask. That's a question that we should, we should be, we should know by the way that you live your life, whether you're full of the Spirit of God or not. Come on, talking about the fruits of the Spirit, not the power of God. The fruit of the Spirit. We'll get more into that here in a minute. I need to establish a few things. I'm going to try to keep it short and then get out of God's way and let him work in the altars this evening or this morning. 
Not this evening. It won't take that long, I promise. We have a fall festival later. My wife will kill me. She'll turn the microphone off. Uh, she's got Jay in the balcony. She will text him and tell him to turn my microphone off. Uh, I need to establish a few things and explain. Uh, we're going to establish some truths, and then we're going to explain what the, whole, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then we're, then we're going to just let God be God. Amen? So first of all, I need to make sure that we understand scripturally that to be born again in the Spirit and the baptism of the Spirit are two different things. They're two different things. So we have, uh, because, because sometimes I think what we do is, and we have whole doctrines that have built churches off of this uh, concept that because I've been born again in the Spirit, I've been born to the Spirit, that now that, I, now that I'm baptized in the Spirit, and that's the whole encompassing in one thing and the power of, of, of one prayer. There is a powerful prayer. You did get born again. We're going to look at John 3, verse 1 through 6. Uh, I talk about this often. He says, the man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee, after a dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus, Rabbi. He said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you're born again, you're not, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus, how can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? He's like, you're weird, dude. How am I going to go, like, I'm a little too big. I can't go back into the, I can't be born again. Like, I can only be born one time. Come on. Same way with this, into the spirit life. You can only get saved once. We need to stop preaching that every time you mess up, God takes his seed of salvation out of you. Come on, you're not unsaved. The Bible says that we were born again of incorruptible seed. Come on, he said, he says, I assure you no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life and the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Now Jesus here, he's talking about salvation. When you walked the Romans road, as we call it, we have a lot of names for it. We accept Jesus into our, into our life as our Lord and our Savior. You put to death the old you. Come on, somebody needs to hear that again. The old you is dead. Now you are no longer, you know, you're no longer flesh, but you are now a speaking spirit. Come on, you've been birthed into the spirit. You still are clothed in a body, but you are now, you are now birthed into the spirit world. Come on, into the spirit. You put to death the old and, and you're uh, born a spiritual birth in which you are made holy through Jesus Christ. You guys understand that? You are made holy, not by your actions. You are made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's salvation. Here's the crazy thing. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about something that he can't even get yet. He's saying, look, look, look. You have to be born into the spirit. But he could not be born again until Jesus went and died so for the right that he could be born again. Okay? So he's talking to, to Nicodemus, and he's planting a seed that will later have to be harvested by somebody else. Further my point, let me, let's go to the disciples. John chapter 20. Jesus has died. It's Sunday morning. Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, he, he, he's, he's seen for the first time. Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. Come on, they're scared. They're not, they're not in there having a prayer meeting. They're locked up. The Bible says specifically they were scared. And I don't know what to do. Like, can I just be real for a second? Like, he told you this was going to happen. But we can't wrap our mind around what God is, what, what he was saying. He's like, oh, okay. So, he, so they're behind locked doors. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. P 
Peace be with you, he said. First thing he did, he dealt with the fear. He said, I'm speaking peace to you. Come on, because as long as your mind is boggled with fear of death, come on, that's what they were, that's what they were afraid of. They were afraid, well, if they killed Jesus, they're going to kill us too because they know that we was with them. So whatever he did, we did, so we, we're dead too. And he said, peace, peace be with you. And, he, and as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his sides. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So now a lot of people will say, well, they received the, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit right there. No, no, no. They had gotten saved. This was salvation for the disciples because they could not, even though they had walked with them, even though they had done the things that he had done, even though that they were, they were his boys, and he would, they were the chosen ones, he, they could not be saved until Jesus died for the sacrifice of their sins, amen? So when, when we're talking about he breathed on them and they received his spirit, they're talking about a spiritual birth, just like he was talking about to Nicodemus. He's saying he's been born again in the spirit, now, some doctrines will tell you it's the same thing because of that. And we'll get more into that. But, but, but so that, that is, I love what I listen to. I listen to a lot of different guys. And can I tell you, there's, there's a lot of different opinions out there. And none of our opinions matter. We're just going to let God be God. Amen. And so, um, so I never want to get you up here and give you my opinion. So I listened to one guy. He, he called salvation a baptism. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah, because you were baptized into Christ. He said, but you were baptized. And, and, and I put this, I got this, this analogy from what he said. But he said, he, he said, you're baptized into Jesus when you get saved. I was like, what? And God said, yeah, you're baptized in blood. He's like, what? Because the blood, of just as water baptism, we're submerged in water and come back up. When we get saved... We have a submersion, a baptism, if you will, in the, in, in the blood of Jesus Christ that covers all of our sins, all of them, okay? So we got, we got if you want to call it that, you can have one baptism and salvation. Then we got water baptism, where there's an outward symbol of that inward change, right? There's an outward symbol where I'm putting to death, uh, uh, putting to death my, my past publicly, where I'm making a public declaration, look, 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 look. This is a funeral of the old me. Bam, under the water. Nothing can come back out through the water. I love how Lel taught it one time. He just talked about going through the Jordan River. And when they went through the Jordan River, nothing from their past could then follow them into there. So this is a, that was an Old Testament um, analogy of how water baptism, when you go under the water, you put to death the old Jew and you come up new in Christ. Amen. We're not, we're not having a, a, a full teaching on water baptism. We can do that uh, at some point. But it's, it's a funeral of past. I also like what that same guy said. He said, it's a marriage, it's a marriage ceremony. Anybody ever, am I the only one that confuses it when somebody says, oh yeah, I got a funeral to go to, but it was a wedding? I mean, it is, you are dying to you and coming together as one, but I always, for some reason, I've always got those, like, oh yeah, yeah, I got, a, I, got a, I got a funeral to go to. I meant a, wed, a wedding. But water baptism is both. 
It's a, it's a funeral of my past, and it's, and it's, a, it's a ceremony of, my, of, my, of me as the bridegroom, as the bride of Christ, getting, getting married to everybody around me gets to watch my union with God as a new person. Amen? So we're not going to get far into that today. Uh, we had, we've had many powerful baptism services here. Uh, praise God. It's always so special to be a part of those days, whether it's baptizing a little kid or every time, you know, because we don't, we don't make you pre-register. We try to get a number of what's going on, but I have people just get baptized in their clothes. I love it. Like, they'll just walk up and be like, I ain't got no change of clothes. Like, you can walk home wet. I don't care. Like, if you're going to have an outward, uh, a public declaration that you serve in God, just leave your shoes on too. That way while you're swashing around and everybody's asking you what happened, oh, I got baptized today. I made it known that I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dig up my past any longer. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going forward in Christ. I'm now married to Jesus. Come on. John 1, verse 12 through 13 says, But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become the children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plans, but a birth that comes from God. Notice something here. He says, you've been given the right to become sons of God. He does not say that when you are when you are when you, you're, you're baptized in the blood of Jesus for the remissions of sin that you're automatically the sons of God. He says, I've given you the right to become the sons of God. What is he saying? He's saying, I've cleansed you. I've cleansed you so that you can be holy, so that the Holy Spirit has come into you, can come into you now. You've went through this process. Now the Holy Spirit can now indwell in you. He couldn't do it before before the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ because if he would have it's the same thing in the old the Old Testament, the temple, where where if you went into the Holy of Holies with with sin, the glory of God would actually they, they believed it would kill you. Right? Why? Because you can't house what is holy in an unholy vessel. That's why he said, I'm not gonna put new wine into old wineskins. I first got to redo the wineskin. I've got to submerge it. I've got to do some things and I've got to renew this so that you can hold what I have for you in the future. Amen. I'm, I'm trying not to preach. I'm trying to teach this part of it so I can preach the end of it. But I, gotta, I know God's going to let me preach at the end so it's hard to, it's hard to keep it. <laughs> you've, been getting, becoming, you've been given the right to become sons of God. Meaning just as the disciples did when you believed you're baptized in the blood and if you were made holy because of the sacrifice of the one that was holy. Of the one who was holy. Amen. There was only one that was holy. There's only one way to... The Holy Spirit, there's only one way to heaven. He said, I'm the way. I'm the way. There's only one way. Through the sacrifice of the one that was holy, Jesus Christ. But this isn't end game. We talked about this the other day a little bit. The work is not finished in us at this point. If we finish the work at this point, then heaven is end game. Okay? If heaven is end game, why is Jesus coming back? Heaven is not in game. Heaven is temporary for us. You realize that, right? Because I get to come back and rule and reign with Jesus. So heaven is a temporary place. That mansion that y'all been trying to get up there in those crowns, like that's just for a moment. Now you're going to lay the crown at Jesus' feet when you get it anyway. Like I, I used to joke, like I buy people meals so I can get a crown of my jewel because I'm going to need all the help I can get. 
And he's like, I buy people meals so I'll never be hungry. Like, God, I sowed that seed. I'm buying this meal while I can because I might go through a season where I can't. <laughs> Come on, I was joking. So we rob ourselves and other believers by finishing the work at salvation. So let's pick it up there. John 20, he breathes upon them, and they get born again, and then we pick it up back up in the book of Acts. Okay, Acts 1, verse 3. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Verse 4 says, once he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised you. As I told you before, Jesus, or John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now if in the first instance when, when they see Jesus, he fills the holes and is in the hands and they go, okay, he's alive and he breathes on them. If that was the point where they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what's he talking about now? Just solidifying what I've told you by scripture, not by opinion, by scripture. So those of you that, those, those people that say, oh, when I, when I got saved, I, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can have that, but there's got to be some kind of evidence, okay? I'm not saying that can't happen, but they're two different experiences, okay? Because now we see salvation the first time, now they're talking about now, don't leave Jerusalem, What's he saying? He's saying, don't go out until you've received this free gift I've been talking about. What he's saying, you know, how many people have seen, have, how many people have you seen that get saved and like on fire for God and they just, bam, they all of a sudden they're like, I want to go, I want to do this. And like, and he said, hold on, hold on. Don't leave Jerusalem. Don't leave this spot. Do not go nowhere. Don't, don't, don't do nothing. One translation says, do nothing. Until you've been endued with power from on high. He's saying, don't go out till you've received the free gift. Don't leave until you've been baptized, not by water unto salvation like John did, but rather the baptism by fire, as it's called in other places of Scripture, baptized by the Holy Spirit. He's saying, why is he saying that? He's saying, because right now you have, you have secured salvation. But now I've got a mission for you to go out there and you're going to face some darkness. And if you don't have the power from on high, the darkness is going to overtake you. He's saying, I got, I'm not going to send you into the battle without the tools. We talked about the tools last week. I'm not going to, and you don't have access to the tools until you're full of the Holy Spirit. I've been born into the Spirit. I have the right to become the sons of God, but I'm not the son of God yet. I can't operate in that. In that I'm, that's, I'm not operating in my inheritance yet. What do I got to do? I got to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized to, to immerse, to submerge. One, uh, one translation said uh, in, the, in the Strong's Concordance, it says to be whelmed. I was like, I've heard of overwhelmed. I haven't heard of whelmed. What is that? He said, which to engulf, to act, the act or instance of flowing. Come on. Now, we, that's church talk. We know how to flow, like, right? Like, we know what that means. He said, the act, the act or instance of flowing or heaping up abundantly. I like what it said. It said a surge. A surge. 
So he's saying, don't leave Jerusalem until you've been engulfed, completely submerged, immersed, flowing abundantly and surging with the Holy Spirit. The power of, the, of, of God, the dunamis is what I call the dunamis, which means the dynamics of God. The dynamite power, the explosive power of God. Because what does the explosive power of God do? If I were to put dynamite in this building and set it off, what's it going to do? It's going to tear down everything except for the foundation. When he said, no, 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 don't leave until you got the power. Because I don't want you to fail. Because we ain't got time. Because there are people looking at us, church. There are people looking at us that got information just like we got. And they got, and now we're looking at the age of technology where they, they're very intellectual and they got as much information to prove that, it, that God's not real as we got that, to prove he's real. Because we got one book. They go, oh, you got one book that's got dust on it. It's ancient. And are you going to tell me? But when the power of God shows up. But when the power of God shows up. That's what I said. That's, that's what Elijah said. Well, that's fine. That's fine. We can argue all you want to. Let, let the God who answers by fire decide. Come on. He's saying, that's fine. You can, you can do all this. You can go. I, I, love, I love reading that story because Elijah said, oh, well, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe you should go wake him up. Jason, can I get my sermon illustration? I did a sermon illustration in in youth one time, and and God reminded it to me. Man, I had a me and me and my son were uh, by ourselves today because we were hauling stuff to uh, for the for the fall festival this evening, and uh, and man, we turned the the worship set list every Sunday morning when I when I uh, when I head to. That's good. You can take the thing off of it too if you want to. Um, every Sunday morning when I head to church. I play the set list, the, worships, the worship song, is, uh, the, the, the worship team is going to sing. Why? To get, in, to get my spirit ready to receive what God's going to do in the service, okay? And so, uh, so he, rem- he started reminding me, man, I was, I was crying. My son, Tess, he's probably on a camera somewhere or serving somewhere because that's what we do at the refuge, amen. Uh, but he was probably thinking, what is happening to dad over here? I'm bawling. I'm playing the, 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 the song list, and I'm, I'm just, man, I just really, and God brought this sermon illustration. I'm like, God, could you not have told me yesterday so I could have some time to get stuff prepared? And so if you saw me running around this morning, I was trying to get this sermon illustration um, ready. And so I, I had one that I did in youth, uh, so I'm doing a combination of a couple different ones that I've done and that I've seen uh, done today. So baptism, if we're talking about baptism uh, we're talking about we are, so, so we are this vessel that once we're baptized in salvation, baptized in the blood, if you want to call it that, once we're saved, we are, we are cleansed. Come on, this is clean, somewhat. Uh, it doesn't smell, but, uh, <laughs> but I just got it out of the cabinet. I'm sure over there in the gym, I'm sure it's probably clean. Them ladies clean it before they put it up. But we're cleansed, but we're empty. Come on. Jesus died for us. Now we're entered into this, but we ain't got nothing in us. Come on. And so baptism, this is just a bucket of water that we, I stole one of the tithe buckets that Brother Bobby got me. Uh, I made a comment one day that said, those little bitty buckets can't hold all of what God wants to do. And Bobby went and got me bigger buckets. Praise God. I love, I love, I love who God surrounded me with. I just make a statement. They start doing stuff. Amen. So I, I used it, Bobby. I'm sorry. It, uh, not for the purpose we bought it for, but, um, 
<laughs> but I got, it, I got water in here. So if I'm, if I'm empty, if I've been baptized in something, I've been submerged, okay? I'm empty, but I'm open. I'm empty, but I'm open. That's important to know because if I were to do this with this water bottle and I leave the lid on, I'm not going to get nothing. I can dunk it. It still is empty. I got a little bit on the outside of me. Come on, this is what happens when, we're, when, we, come into the, when we come into the house of God and we, are not, and we, we haven't been taught what's happening. And so we're closed off to it because we don't understand what's going on. And so then we're closed off to it and we go, okay, well, I felt happy for a minute. And so I just need to keep coming to church. Yes, you need to keep coming to church, but you need to take the lid off this thing. You need to get, you need to get some of this on the inside of you. Amen? Okay? And so if, I'm, if, I'm, if this is my vessel and I'm empty, I get submerged, then now I'm full. It's simple as that. It's simple as that. Just like water baptism, we put you all the way under the water. Some of you, we've got to hold you down, let you flop for a minute until you quit breathing. Then bring, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. That don't really happen here. Uh, so... So I just, I just wanted to do a, a, a I'm going to come back to this for a minute, in a minute, but I want, I want you to understand that this is being open to what God wants to do, amen, being open to all the things we taught about, being open to the advocate, being open to, to being used of God, being open to all those things, and we, we submerse ourselves in an atmosphere in which the Spirit of God is allowed to move, the refuge is an atmosphere where if God moves on you, I'm telling you. I had somebody tell one of my guys the other day, he said, you got to ask the pastor before you can lay hands on somebody. I said, no, you do not, because then I've become your God. If you are in this house and somebody tells you to go pray for somebody, you go do it. Don't, you ain't got time to come ask me, because you're going to talk yourself out of coming to ask me. And then you, then you done missed an opportunity for God to do something in somebody. Come on, so, so this, the, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Okay, so I did this sermon illustration in youth one time, and I did it a little more graphic than I'm going to do it for y'all because I'm more saved than I was when I was a youth pastor, amen? And so I'm going to fill this thing up, and I'm going to make a mess. Heather, forgive me. Okay. So we're, we're now full of the Holy Spirit. We're full of the Holy Spirit. And then here's what happens. I want you to know that, this is, that being filled with the Holy, Holy Spirit is a never-ending process. Because what happens is if you're full of the Holy Spirit and God tells you to, to go prophesy to somebody, you're pouring a little bit of spirit out. God tells you to go, mess, go, go minister to somebody that's messy in addiction. You're pouring a lot of spirit out. God tells you to go preach. You're pouring everything you got out. Okay? So then, we've got, so then we're, we're half full. And what happens is now that we're half full, now we've got room for other stuff. I just grabbed a bunch of stuff out of, the, out of the kitchen, but this is hot sauce. This is your temper. Come on. Come on. Tastes good going down, don't taste good coming out. Come on. <laughs> I'll let y'all work on that analogy yourself, okay? So I got, so I got if y'all can't see, I poured some hot sauce in there for that side that can't see. And so now I'm part spirit, part flesh. Come on, I'm part anger, part spirit. 
because I, I now got room. But if I, but if I come back to church and start filling this thing up again, if I, get, if I pour enough spirit in here, I'm not going to do it because I had a better uh, prop last time. But this thing, okay, so now I'm rolling out. So what happens? What happens as I fill this spirit up, if I put this in long enough, that water's going to become pure. So I did this with youth. I went and got a can of beer. I'm a youth pastor. I was not in the church building. We were over there at the time. Matt was there. So y'all can be like, oh, my God, pastor did that. I cracked a can of beer open. Them, I had them kids' attention. What is pastor? Who bought that? I went to the liquor store. Nah. So I poured a can of beer in there. I poured some lemon juice in there. I poured, this is that bougie tea. This is, I got to talk in this one, not this one. I was about to drink it. Look here, this is, this is that Tiavana craft iced tea. Whoever put this in the, in the fridge, I apologize. I owe you one. But this is that self-righteous spirit, that bougie stuff. Come on. Ah, oh, come on. This one's for me. This is my addiction to pop. I love me a doctor. This is probably my Dr. Pepper. I found it in the fridge. But so we got all this stuff. And I'm here to tell you, you can be in church all you want. You can read the Bible all you want. If you don't get, if you don't keep filling, if you don't keep filling, you're still going to be as, you're still going to be as nasty as you was. But if you get enough of this spirit in you, and I know, man, I'm going to make a mess. Look at that thing start clearing up. Look, I'm making a mess. Praise the Lord. I'm making a mess in the name of Jesus. I got to get, I got to get refilled. Come on. Come on. We got to just keep going. We got to just keep going. Look at it. It's getting clearer. It's getting clearer. It's getting clearer. I don't know if I got enough water to get that hot sauce out of there. That anger, it's, it's deep in there. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Look at that thing. It's clearing up. It's clearing up. It's clearing up. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep getting. Jesus said, don't be drunk with, with wine, but be ye filled. Be ye constantly being filled. I ain't worried about the carpet. Come on. I got to keep. Look, 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 look. Look at that thing. It's getting clear. It's getting clear. It's getting clear. It's getting clear. And then we can let somebody else drink from our cup and it don't, and it don't mess them up. But when we're in the church and we're not constantly getting filled, we're not constantly building ourselves up in the spirit, we're not constantly praying in the spirit because we don't know what that's like, because we can't figure out why we, got, we had that one experience, but it wore off. No, no, no. You just poured out while you were ministering because you was on fire and you never filled back up. And so then, you, then what you're, now what you're feeding people is not true. It's, not, it's, it's, it's got some stuff mixed in with it. If I'm constantly letting people drink from my cup, I got to make sure that my cup is full for me and for them. So then they, the disciples do exactly what the church does today. They start asking the wrong questions. Lord, tell us about end time prophecy. Tell us about freeing Israel. Acts 1, 6 and 7, he said, so when the, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, like he, you're having a visitation from a dude that came back from the dead. He said, Lord, tell me about end time prophecy. Tell me about Israel. And here's, what, here's his response. He said, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates, and they're not for you to know. 
He's saying, quit, quit, just quit. Because guess what? I don't care how many revivals you teach about end time prophecy. You don't know more than I know. Because none of us know. Jesus himself is saying, man, that's only for him. I don't even know. Acts 1-8, he said, he said, don't focus. Let me go to, let me go to 7. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates there, not for you to know. But, what he's saying, erase all that stuff we just talked about. Verse 8. But you will receive power, that's that dunamis that I'm talking about, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He said in another scripture, he said, there you have experienced the Spirit coming upon you, but now there's going to come a time where it comes up in you. He's saying, don't worry about all that stuff. Here's what you need to know. Be filled with power and go out and do what you don't do it until you've been filled with power. That's where the church is getting in, that's where the church is getting whooped out there. Because we, we had the experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We thought it was all one thing. And so then we go out there, we can't figure out why we're living defeated, but we're saved. Because that wasn't in game. That was only Jesus. I love what one of our, uh, one of our guy, me and Lel uh, watch sometimes. He said, Jesus didn't die to get, to get heaven. What did he say? I lost it. To get you into heaven, but to get heaven into you. He's saying, I died so that the Spirit of God could come into you once again like he did Adam before the fall. I died so that you could get your voice back, so you could take dominion, Genesis 1, 26 through 28, so you could do what you were called to do. I was set you here for dominion. I was set you, I set you here to, to walk in authority. If you said it was a cow, that sucker better move. If you said it was a chicken, it better crow. Because you are the authority on the earth, because I have set the, the government of the kingdom within you, within the Holy Spirit. When you speak, the Spirit moves. We've been taught, no, 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 the Spirit got to move, then we speak. No, 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 no. We've been taught wrong. Oh, well, if the Spirit of God moves upon me, I'll prophesy. And I tell you, there's sometimes I don't want to give this dude a word. There's sometimes I'm not for sure that that guy deserves a word in my, in my, by my qualifications. There's sometimes I agree with what's being said about that person. And then God will tell me, give him a word what's the word oh no start talking start talking and when you start talking stuff will start happening you start telling them what you know that the word of God says about them then it starts to get personal as you get in the flow then the spirit of God will use your tongue to speak life over people He said, there's coming a time, there's coming a day where the Spirit of God will get within you. And he said, when it gets within you, you're going to have the same power that's in me. He said, when, it, when, that, when that Spirit of God gets inside of you, Acts 1-8, when that power of God gets inside of you, it's, you're going to have the same power that I used to resurrect. He said, I know what it's like. I know what it's like because I was in the pits of hell. That same power lives in you. But don't leave here till you got it. And so that, so the, here's, what we, here, here's what we've done in the church. Now we've gone, 
we've said, oh, okay, you get to go out, you don't. And we're just picking and choosing based upon integrity of the flesh. No, 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 no. You know what, you know what qualifies you to go out? Fruits of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. You start operating in this stuff. You start having this experience and stuff starts flowing out of you. Spirit starts flowing out of you. I'm not hearing you rant on your Facebook. I'm not hearing you curse people out. I'm watching how you're treating your wife. Come on. I'm watching how you're, how you're serving your spouse. Come on. That's what qualifies you because why? Because that tells me that's evidence. Speaking in tongues is one of them. Not all of them. Come on. Paul actually said, I'd rather you prophesy and speak in tongues because if you prophesy, it's building somebody else up. You speak in tongues, it's edifying you. But you need to be edified so that you can build somebody up. You need tongues. It's not the only evidence, though. Fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5. We'll get to that in a minute. He said, don't do anything. Do not leave this place until you receive power from on high. And when you receive power from on high, I want you to be witnesses unto me. I want you to witness in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I ask you today, church, what's the assignment of a witness? If we were in a courtroom today, come on, how many know that, that all throughout the world our faith is on trial right now? They're looking for proof that we are who we say we are. We're, they're looking for Prove that God is who he says he is, and the only way that he can be who he says he is is if you step up and do what you're supposed to do. It's not that God is not moving, it's that you are not moving. Why? Because nobody ever taught you this. Nobody ever took the time to teach you about the Holy Ghost. That way, so now we're talking about the ghost, and we're scared of it, and then we don't receive it. That's the deception of the enemy right here in the middle of our churches. What's, what's the assignment of a witness? I love what God said to me here. He said, a witness brings proof of truth. A witness is to be proof of truth. Come on, I'm feeling preachy this morning. I'm feeling charismatic, as they call it this morning. I've been teaching for three weeks. I'm here to preach today. We're empowered to be proof of the truth in this city, which is Jerusalem, all throughout the state, which is Judea, all across the U.S., which is Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We are the proof of truth. Just like I said, I don't know if you guys were here Wednesday night. I gave a word to somebody. I said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ flowing through you is the proof of glory. They will never know God is real if you do not let the Spirit of God use you. And so we have taught that it's just a special few, and therefore we have mega churches where this guy, it's not this guy's fault. He's just the only one that understands who he is. So he's the only guy understanding. He's the only guy operating. So now we're flocking to this one guy, and this one guy ain't even teaching it. So then he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all y'all come here. Y'all leave those other churches. I desire that every church in this city be full, that everybody know who they are, that every time somebody walks in the door of what we call a church, every time somebody walks in a building that is supposed to be a representative of the kingdom of God, that they walk out healed, that they walk out delivered, that they walk out full of something they didn't have before they came in here. I don't care if you're Baptist. I don't care if you're Pentecostal. I don't care if you're Methodist. I don't care your method or your madness. I just want the kingdom of God to manifest on the earth because that's my assignment. I came to tell you today that we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit so we can have access to all the things we've been talking about. 
Because when, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you week one have Papa Cletus advocating for you, helping you, teaching you. Isn't it funny that that's the first thing, that's the first thing that happens? Because he needs to teach you, he needs to comfort you, and to know it's going to be okay. He needs to be training you. He's I, The church... If this is a, spirit, a, a, a building that is operating in, the, in the, the, the assignment of the kingdom of God, we should be training you who you are, how to operate in this gift. That we, there's been no training. There's been, there's been generations of no discipleship. We've we just been riding the coattails of our charisma. No discipleship, no training. No telling you how you should treat your spouse. No telling you how it affects your spirit man when you, when you dishonor your spouse. Well, we're going to get into that. We're starting a relationship series. Come on. Wednesday nights, you better be here at 7 o'clock. So, we, uh, so, so when the Spirit of God, uh, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, one, you got Papa Cletus. Uh, week two, the Holy Spirit can work through you to establish the kingdom of God in your friends, your family, your coworkers, and all the earth. Come on, everybody wants the microphone. Can I tell you? You can have it. <laughs> you can have it, but you can't have this one. This one's my assignment. You can have the microphone in your family. You can have your microphone to your kids. You can have the microphone in the workplace. You can have the microphone to the, to the people that you, used to, that you used to run with, that you used to roll with. Come on, you got that microphone. Don't try to take mine. You don't need mine. You need yours because you can't operate in this one because this is what God's called me to operate in. And you got your own microphone. Stop trying to get. We have made ministry about this building. This building was supposed to train you out to go and do ministry in all the earth. Week three, you have access to the tools to, to, that are used to overcome the devil, the gifts. So I ask you in my sermon title today, are you full of it? Are you full of it? What is flowing out of your everyday life? What is flowing? If somebody was to come to drink from your cup today, and this was your cup, what is flowing out of this? What are they going to get? Are they going to get a little anger? Are they going to get a little lust? Are they going to get a little, look, I filled this up on accident. Look, this was, I found these backstage. I guess Pastor Wesley had these. He wrote a bunch of stuff. Wrong mindset. He has hate. He has, I read one that said racism, one, all that. But see, when, when I, when I, if, I, if I were to fill that up, he did this many times. There's been a lot of preachers do this. But if I fill this up, all that stuff, all that stuff's going to, that's got a lip on it. Probably won't even work. But look, all that stuff is eventually going to come flowing out of me. Come on, get out of there. Come on. Sometimes you need the preacher to push you out that thing. Come on, Jude 1 says some of them you do with love, some of them you yank out of the fire, right? I just had to yank that last one. I don't know what it was. I think it was racism. Praise the Lord. I had to yank the racism out the culture of the church. Come on. You say, Pastor, how's that happen? Worship team, get ready. I'm keeping it. I'm, I'm going as fast as I can. Acts 19, verse 1 through 6. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled throughout the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed, he asked them? No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. And I tell you, we got a whole generation of believers that ain't even heard of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's real. We, we take for granted what we've had in this house. 
because, it, because we're Pentecostal, we embrace it. But there's a lot of ministries that don't. He said, we not even heard that there was a baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, then what baptism did you experience? <laughs> he said, the baptism of John. He said, well, John's baptism was for repentance of sin. But John himself told the people that, uh, to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then, they're talking about water baptism right there. They were baptized unto Jesus. And he said, then when Paul laid his hands on, him, on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with other tongues and prophesied. So it's as simple as this. If you want to be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, all you got to do is receive. He didn't say, okay, let me sit down and figure out your theology. There's two things that has to happen. I have to lay hands on you and you have to receive. That's it. Too long have, have ministers stood in the, in the altar lines of churches around the world and said, this has to happen. You have to speak in tongues when I lay hands on you. Here's what it tells me to do. It tells me to lay hands on you, leave the results up to God. I'm not, I'm not committed to results. I'm committed to, to doing my part. I can't make you speak with other tongues. The Bible says that, that you, you speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Like what? There's like something vibrating in my chest. And all of a sudden, my tongue's vibrating. I just open my mouth and start talking. There's some stuff going to come out. I don't even know what it is. I'm going to need to talk to somebody about it. We're here to talk to you about it. Like, I'm here to, just like the language, just like when you learned English, it's a prayer language. It's the language of the Holy Spirit. You're gonna, it's going to take some time to get fluent in this thing. I can't tell you how to do it because my prayer language is different than your prayer language. I've never heard two people speak in tongues the same. All you have to do is receive. I'm going to lay my hands on you and believe that he will fill you so full you'll overflow. That's what tongues is. That's what tongues is. The Spirit of God rises up in you so much so that that's what comes out. But I'm not committed to sit here and go, okay, I'm coaching you through tongues. I'm coaching you through. Come on, come on. I said, oh, that's it. That's it. Come on, come on, come on. I'm, I'm, that's fake. That's bull crap. I'm not doing that. You know what I'm committed to do? I'm committed to stand with you here and saying, if he'll baptize me in the Holy Spirit, he'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit. If you believe in Jesus and you've been baptized, you're ready. You can, you can walk in power. You can walk and overcome the evil in the world. You can go out and, be, and, and make disciples. You can do all the things that you've, been, that you've been called to do. But we're living an unfulfilled life as Christians. Why? Because we're not fulfilling the calling on our life. Why are we not fulfilling the calling on our life? Because we don't have the tools to do so. And you have people going, I don't know what to do for God. I got saved. I don't know what to do for God. You know where it's going to start? When you get home. And that hot sauce gets in your water. When them kids know they ain't supposed to be doing that stuff. And you choose to show grace. You choose to let the grace of God flow out of you. Come on, come on, fruits of the Spirit. Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, when you follow this, uh, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Come on, don't say fruits. Fruit. Fruit. One fruit. Not each of these fruit. This is saying, this is evidence that I got the Holy Spirit. When you act crazy, I'm going to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to love you anyway. When I want to slap you in your face, I'm going to have joy. 
When you're scared, I'm going to speak peace over you. When I'm scared, I'm going to walk in peace. It don't mean I won't be scared. It means I'm going to choose to walk in peace. I'm going to choose to trust God. Kindness. When you post something stupid about politics on Facebook, I'm going to choose to be kind about it. Not tell you what I believe. When I see you and I know you're high, I'm going to be kind about it. I don't need to condemn you. God did not, Jesus did not come to condemn the world. So I didn't come to condemn you either. If you walk up in here and I can see, I can see it. We can see that you got some, some murky water going on here. You know, the only way I'm going to clear your water up is pouring out of me and into you. I'm going to walk in kindness. I'm going to walk in goodness. Come on, be faithful to my spouse and to God. I'm going to be faithful to the ministry because I need to be constantly be getting full. Not because I want you here. I do want you here all the time because I love you. But I don't want you here so I can send somebody around to count the clicker and call it good. I want you here because you need to be here. You need to be here. Online church, if you're in the vicinity of this place, I love that you can join online, but you need to be here. It's not a substitution. It's a, it's, a, it's a good temporary fix. It's not a substitution for being in the house of God. Forsake not the assembly of the, of the gathering of people. Faithfulness, gentleness. Uh-oh. I'm going to do my best to keep myself full of the Spirit. That way I correct my kids out of love and not anger. I've did it. I'm talking, talking to them kids through my teeth. The last one, self-control. That's when I want to do what is wrong, but I choose. God gives me. If I'm walking, if I'm full of the Spirit, I've got the power to control when I want to drink when I want to do dope, when I want to entertain pictures and ideas of things that are not even true. Come on, dim these lights down in the sanctuary today. I got so far off of my notes, I don't even, I don't even care. Romans 8, 14 says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. Ephesians 5 goes along with the sermon illustration. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because it'll ruin your life. We got whole denominations, whole churches arguing about whether we can drink or we can't drink. It ain't about what I can do. It's what I, about what I don't do. Because I'm not trying to trip myself up. You say, well, I, I, I think Jesus turned water into wine. I can drink. 
I would challenge you and say, why do you want to? Why? What, do you, what is the purpose behind it? What is the heart behind it? Are you just trying to numb the pain? Why not just let God heal the pain? Are you trying to have a good time? Because the best times I've ever had is when I walk in the joy of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing more fulfilling. You can fill your temple with all kinds of stuff. You can fill it with drugs. You can fill it with alcohol. You can fill it with all kinds of stuff. But never will you be full because God put something inside of you that was designed that only he can feel. Only he. So I'm not going to argue with you about whether you can drink or not. You take that up with Jesus. But I'm telling you, there is something better. And I got to be so full of the flowing of the Spirit of God. If this thing is, if this thing, if the flow of, there's already one in there. If the flow of the, of the Spirit is operating faster than the flow of my, whatever I'm trying to put in my life, then it's just going to constantly be being flushed out. It's a process. I'm not perfect. I still get mad, y'all. But I'm constantly putting myself in the flow. I'm constantly being filled. Peter said, don't be drunk with wine, wearing with excess. And you start going, well, you can be drunk with wine, just not excessfully. Come on. He's saying, but be filled. Be constantly filled with the Spirit of God. Stand to your feet this morning. Here's what I've been commissioned by God to do. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Rocky, I need this. I need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I need, I, I understand now. We've been taught. The Bible says that, I just read you that scripture that Peter said, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit since you believed? He said, I didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. And I tell you, now you know. Now you know. If you're in this place, we won't get, we're going to get the worship team to start singing the Holy Ghost song. Come on. Where's the, where's the scripture of that? Where, put that? Put that song up there on the screen. What's that part say, Erica, that says, I got to, basically, I got to give you permission. What's, what's, the, what's the lyrics? Put the lyrics up there. Keep going through them. Come on. Tell me when he's got it up there. I put him on the spot. He done left his post. Praise God. Thankful for Mark always up there doing the crazy things I ask him to do on the fly I don't plan this stuff out come on Lil get down here and pray for your boys my name is your I believe in the signs and wonders I don't know where it's at basically here's what I gotta tell you that's their whole wrong song I think come fill me up Holy Ghost is what I'm talking about Here's the deal. All you got to do is be open. All you got to do, if this is you, all God requires of you this morning is to take the lid off. Take the lid off so that I can feel you. Got to wait on it to quit bubbling. Got to wait on you to quit murmuring in the Holy Ghost here. All it requires you take the lid off. All that's required of me is that I'm going to lay hands on you and believe that you're going to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. I 
am not dedicated to your results this morning. I am not dedicated to whether you speak in tongues or prophesy. You do. We read the scripture last week. He said, he chooses what he does in that capacity. I'm just going to lay hands on you and believe. If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning. Or maybe you maybe you was filled at one point and you ain't ever filled back up. And you need you need a fresh touch, a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost this morning. Come down here. We're going we're gonna to line up. We're going to pray. Come on, start singing, worship team. I give my permission. So come now, invade my heart. This life is yours. This life is yours. Come on, do you give permission? Do you open up the bottle this morning and say, God, I just either need to be filled for the first time or I need to be refilled this morning. If that's you, we're about to walk through this thing. I'm not going to pray for 30 minutes. I'm going to touch you and believe God's going to fill you in Jesus' name.